are you recording? Yep. Yes, I am. I have been for a while. Okay, so. cool. <laughs> the last couple days, just in case. He just yeah. wants to be ready. No, he's he's gotten, tapped all of our phones. <laughs> I've, I've gotten, I, I get crap if I start early. I get crap if I wait. Like, well, I, I don't, I'll just start early to be Dylan, safe. I don't know if you noticed. I've never given you crap about starting early. Um, and I even put like that whole conversation at the front of the last podcast. No, no, I, I know, but usually it's like, I don't know. Invariably, one person will say something, and that one person is Chad. Yes. You know, it's probably true (laughs) because I make it a point not to give you a ton of crap because you kind of catch it from people anyway, and that's generally not my style to begin with. So, all right. Now all I can think about though is that Dylan has our phones tapped, and he's our own personal NSA. (laughs) It's true. We're one percenting. We we don't. Oh, we don't need your plebeian NSA, fe- government funded NSA. No, we, we have a privately funded NSA. What, just just like I the rest of the one percent, we have our what own it, government. What, what would it matter? What what would I do with it? I don't have the first clue. What is what is the actual NSA doing with it? Really? Uh, Sell, I guess selling it, it on, selling it to market researchers. Because I'm if, guessing. if you're talking about the metadata. I think they're just sticking it in a database somewhere that if they go through the right channels, they can later query. I mean, seriously, the, the information that people are probably the most freaked out about is probably the stuff that they're just going to sell to, uh, you know, Google or Microsoft anyway. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, did you see the, maybe we already talked about it, the thing in the UK where there were garbage cans collecting data from phones? Garbage cans? Yeah, like there, and and I don't know if this was apocryphal or not because I cannot for the life of me remember where I where I read or saw it that there was a marketing firm in in England had put these chips on garbage people's garbage cans. Um, so if you got close enough to the garbage can with a smartphone, it collected data off of it. Just like and some sort of uh, Sochi Olympics Russia deal kind of. Yeah, and I I don't know. I don't know what the I, I, again. I wish I could remember like where I read it, because it could very well be apocryphal. But anyway, uh, oh the Olympics. Is anyone watching those? Nope, nope. I can't ever catch the hockey when it's on. So, and that's quite literally the only Winter Olympic sport I have any interest in, except have... for the Jamaican bobsled team, which is back this year. I heard about that on the drive back to the house. That is exciting, and apparently they, the Jamaican Tourism Board has crafted a song specifically for Jamaica's run, to be played during Jamaica's run, that supposedly <laughs> is timed to where, like, it's supposed to be in sync with their run. Like, there's some, they're, like, I, they played just a few seconds of it, and, they, and I didn't, I wasn't paying enough attention, but there was some lyric about something to the left, so I guess like it's supposed to be like when they're taking a left-hand turn, they're supposed to hit it about the same time the mute, the song hits that. To the left, to the left, put your things in the box, left. I Is guess. that Beyonce's song? Should, I know. I, should, should we just go ahead and start so that we can uh, we had... talk about... Okay. Let's, let's, yeah, let's get started.
Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that has an incredible President's Day uh, sale going on today only. You can get all of our podcasts for absolutely free. Act now. Operators are standing by. You can also get our podcast for absolutely free before this and after this, but That's right because now, our President's Sale kicks the ass of anybody else's President's Day sale. Just uh, go to the website, click on the uh, top right corner of the page, and enter in, enter in the promotional uh, promo code, thanks Obama. <sighs> wow. No. <laughs> Anyway, I am John. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Charlie and Dylan this week. Hello. Hello. We're actually recording on President's Day uh, because... Because of America. Because of America. Uh, in the middle of the day, it's it's kind of nice. It's like Monday, middle of the day. We're just kicking it. It's fine. I, I, I will be honest. And, and I noticed I noticed this uh, when, when I was doing game marks, too. Um, recording late at night, I... I I am I'm better. I'm more coherent earlier in the day. Like I guess I I you know, I'm only 30 but I'm already starting to do like the sundowning thing. Um so <laughs> you know, hey. Wow. So you're going to be what, 20% more coherent for this podcast? I guess. Maybe. Um So also part of the President's Day special Dylan 20% more coherent. Did did you guys enjoy your tolerance days this uh, past weekend? I was uh, I enjoyed my tolerance day quite a bit. Wait, I thought tolerance day was a couple weeks from now. I you I know don't what? know. We, we don't care when you celebrate tolerance day. You can celebrate it any day. But Hallmark and Nestle, they they give quite a shit about when you celebrate <laughs> tolerance day. They have some very very specific recommendations. Yeah, they have very strong feelings about it because they want you to buy it before it goes on clearance. Yeah, so, you know, so, you know, they they want you to think about uh, what you're going to give your tolerance buddies. What what restaurant is appropriate to go to for tolerance? Stay Applebee's? I mean, it seems like everyone tolerates Applebee's, but no one really loves it. Applebee's, Chili's... Yes. Possibly. Oh, Charlie's is a little bit in the uh, actually good end, I think. So TGI Fridays, I think, is a place that is only tolerated. Is there, is there even one around here? I uh, guess there is. There might not be anymore. I don't know. There was one, oh, I can't remember what road it was off, near Paper Mill. Maybe it was Paper Mill. Anyway, but I, I believe it's actually gone. Maybe maybe you order some Domino's. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there one in Chattanooga? I don't know. No, there so was. So apparently nobody tolerated TGI Fridays. So let's we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, fall back on Applebee's and Chili's because I definitely think those are restaurants that non non specific chain restaurants. Yes. The uh, do you, you serve American call... cuisine? Is American <laughs> cuisine your primary uh, cuisine? Then you, you American cuisine is a cuisine of tolerance. It because is. there could be some very... Mexican food in there. There could exactly. be some Chinese food in there. You don't give a crap as long as you deep fry it. Yeah, find me find me a, a quote unquote American restaurant that doesn't have at least one pasta dish and at least one form of taco on on the menu. Or maybe hibachi. Hibachi. I I don't know, like some sort of grilled something. True. Yeah, I was gonna say different than an actual place that serves actual hibachi like yeah 
It's what? it's like a it's like a bastardized form. It's it's something that's been cut up, you know, meat that's been cut up into very small portions and grilled, but then stuck into a burrito or something of yes. that nature. Yeah, it's not it's neither Japanese nor uh, Mexican to the best that, of my understanding. But. That sounds kind of delicious. I mean, I guess it's kind of, you know, you could go for a fajita, but a lot of the Taco Bell stuff does not actually go into that. It's not like True. an actual fajita. It's the, the fucking underlying... tater tots and a burrito. <laughs> Wait. That, that is a real guess. thing. You can, you can get a loaded griller. With yes. Potatoes. Oh. I, I we were in the We were in the drive-thru for Taco Bell a couple days ago. And I'm sorry. I, was, I know. I was very angry because every, like, four or five years, they will actually put something on the menu that I like. And then take it away? Immediate, almost immediately. Because now I can't get grilled stuffed nachos. Uh, which, can't you? Which actually, no. At least not the one here. But we were in line. And the sign, like, I was just only halfway paying attention, as I often do to most of life. And there was a sign. It, all it said on the menu, all it said was beverages. It should not have caused me any problem. But for some reason, I read it as Revengers. <laughs> and I thought that would be a great category for the Taco Bell menu. You have your grillers, you have whatever else, you have your revengers. This is stuff that you will regret eating exactly sixty minutes after you eat it. That's, That's and that, that and someone actually said, No, that is that is a good portion of their menu already. When does so, the Avengers two come out? Like next year? That should be part of the yes, they could do Avengers two, the Revengers. I like this. It's like Loki and uh, some other Red Skull and some other fucker and Dormammu. (laughs) Doctor Doom, except, you know, he's stuck in Fox Hell. So, you know, good luck getting anything out of him or the X-Men for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Poor Dormammu. He is some sort of otherworldly demon of some kind. He but looks kind of like Ghost Rider, too, so it's a little confusing. Because yeah, they both it's... just have heads of fire. Comic book creators really need to lay off the flaming heads. I right? I think, because they all just I mean, after act... Michael Jackson, man, it just got a little it, weird. Exactly. And I don't want to sound racist, but everyone with but a you're fire... About to. Everyone with a fiery head looks alike to me. It's true. They're... I said it. I mean, put a put a leather jacket on Dormammu, and and he will get all kinds of pussy. <laughs> well, no, wait a minute. Are you trying to say to put a put a leather jacket on him and he looks like Ghost Rider? Yes. I don't know what I was saying. I think you put a leather jacket on anybody, and what I said was probably true. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Ghost Rider was played by Nicolas Cage. That that's. What, I'm, I'm waiting for a point. I don't know. It's just gonna be Nicholas Cage. Like he's Nicholas Cage, so bland you can't even make a point with him. No, I I don't know, man. I uh, I, I still think like the the whole thing about him being in the Left Behind movie, like they they're creating the perfect bad movie. Um, you can like, look you can look this up on out. Wikipedia. Um, cause I'm, I, I'm going to add it while we're recording this, but uh, Nicholas Cage was actually born Nicholas Bland. You, you are not telling me the truth. <laughs> well, I just said I was going to add it on Wikipedia, but, you know. Once it's added on Wikipedia, it becomes, the truth. It becomes the truth. I'm going to start a Wikipedia for myself and for Chainsaw Buffet. I guarantee you, if you add that, 
to Wikipedia, it will show up on some fourth grader's report. I hope so. Are they gonna do a report? Do you do do you do reports on famous actors now? Like, is that how low education is sunk? Probably. We're only a few years away from someone getting a doctoral thesis about Paris Hilton or Miley Cyrus. <sighs> Tell me we're not. There, there are many ways that doctoral thesis the, the, could happen. The, the made-for-TV film Wrecking Ball, the Miley Cyrus story. <laughs> oh, man, if Lifetime's not already working on that. What the hell were we originally talking about? Uh, we were talking about Tolerance Day, which is, if oh. you guys don't know, was uh, something we talked about during our uh, conversation. I, I don't know if I want to call it an interview, because they're friends of ours uh, with Jess and Stucky last week. Um, if you haven't listened to it, I certainly recommend you go back and listen to it, because we talked about a lot of fun oh, stuff, yeah. not they just Momocon. They are endlessly entertaining people. This is this is true. And, and let's go ahead and pimp. If you see them at a convention, just talk to them. Let's just pimp them as people. Yes. Because um, they're usually just sitting there at the Momocon booth, hanging out. Just just go up and talk to them. Say hi. Tell them chainsaw they, the face, ain't you? That, that is probably not what something you should do, but <laughs> that may get you may get you hit. Um, well, I don't know. know. Live that, dangerously. That might be a good thing. That's like uh, you know, they they realize we're we're good for advertising if people do that. It's it's kind of like the uh, codes people tell you to enter on <laughs> GameFly or whatever. Yeah, what they can do. match you no. up to a campaign. No, no, no. uh, advertising say, campaign. We'll tell them go up to the Momo. Let's, let's go up to the Momocon booth, find Jess or Stucky, and enter the code joke. Yeah. To <laughs> to get your free gift. This is this is some highly advanced uh, marketing analytics that we're we're engaging in right now. It's true. Um, speaking of of uh, last week, we also learned uh, something about me that our listeners may not are known, which is I'm cheap as hell because uh, I tell the story about uh, getting AOL for like two years, never paying for it. Um, but that leads me into something of actual consequence that actually happened this past week that we can talk about. Um, because I was looking at Amazon and, uh, I got one of those offers for, you know, get $50 when you sign up for an Amazon, uh, credit card. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, what the, you know, what the hell? And, uh, so I applied, got approved, got $50 and immediately turned around and used that to buy lightning returns. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been playing that. It came in on Saturday, so I played it over the weekend. And as I was telling Dylan, it appeals to some of my basest of instincts in terms of uh, being obsessive-compulsive and very uh, planning-oriented. Because the game itself... Um, yeah, what is Lightning Return? It is it is the third and ostensibly final uh, Final Fantasy thirteen game. Um, it does one thing that I wish that they had done all the way back in the first Final F Fantasy thirteen game, which is it jettisons all the other characters in favor of you just playing as Lightning. Hmm. Um, and that is no disrespect to any of the actors who put in hard work. Uh, they just had crappy characters to deal with. Um... And it's a little interesting because, you know, normally Final Fantasy games, you have an entire party that 
provide different roles. And here you switch uh, something called schema that, you know, each one has different talents assigned to it. So you can have one schema that's, you know, more for fighting, one that's more uh, for spellcasting, and one that's for, like, healing and debuffs. And there, there's a lot of different things you can do in between. Um, there's also a lot of outfits. Some of them are fan servicey, but not in like the trashy cleavage sort of way. Like, um, depending on who you pre-ordered from, you could have gotten. Um, I think all the pre-orders came with a cloud from Final Fantasy VII outfit. Um, some of them had Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Some had Yuna from Final Fantasy X. I think there's more that you can unlock in the game uh, that reference other games, and they'll probably sell more. I think there's going to be a Lara Croft uh, outfit as well, because Square Enix now owns Eidos, so they now own Tomb Raider, so they can do that now. Um, But generally speaking, there's only one or two that might even have a little bit of... like I think I saw maybe one bikini outfit, but it mostly they're just tame. I think my, my favorite one is just her in like a bouncer's suit outfit kind of thing. It's just it's slick huh. looking, but it's not it's not like, oh my god, look how sexy lightning looks. Um shout out to Allie Hillis though. Um she's she just continues to make that character for me. Um because I, I think if there was another actress that played her, it it might not quite be as interesting. She gets sort of a nuanced performance where there are times where she's just showing a little bit of disdain and a little bit of you know, I'm fed up with all these fucking people asking me to do favors for them at the end of the world uh, type of tone and it it, hmm. it her, her performance has always resonated with me I told her this when we interviewed her a couple of years ago, it was like every time I was thinking something at a certain point in the game, it was like Lightning would say or do something that kind of reflected what I was feeling at the time, and she still does that. Mm. And uh, I, I, like I said, I do attribute attribute a lot of that to her performance. So, um, I, I just I enjoy her to death. But in any case, it's it's a very interesting game because it is theoretically set to a time limit. You have you start out with seven days until the end of the world, and you can add. Uh, another six. The way that you get to the so-called good ending is by getting all the way to the 13th and final day. Um, And you do this by completing uh, missions. It's very non-linear. You can take on the missions in more or less any order you want to. And the general Mm -hmm. idea is that you know, there's five main missions that you have to do and then there's tons and tons of side quests. And the missions are actually how you gain levels. There's not a level system, because Lightning is literally Jesus in this game. I'm mm-hmm. not even... Uh, that, that's not even hyperbole. Um, because she has been chosen by the god Benevelza, which they refer to more often as capital G-O-D. As, as God the Almighty, more than they uh, refer to him as Benevelza. Wow. Um, and it, like I said, she is she. Her mission is to gather as many souls, uh, at the end of the world to send them into a new world that's being created. Um, now I'm not gonna give too much away, but 
you know, the story seems to be... Uh, it looks like it's going to take a slightly different turn from all of that, and we'll see I was where gonna it say, goes. I, I probably asked this before, but do does everyone know that the world is about to end? Yes. Or is it just, okay. Yes, everyone is quite aware. Uh, people have not aged in like 500 years because of something that happened at the end of uh, Final Fantasy thirteen two. So people can't age, although they can still die from, like, illness or violence, you know, that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but they cannot just die from aging. Um, and people are aware that the world is ending, which really makes some of the side missions kind of dumb. Because mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck do you even care about? You know, this this dumbass thing you're asking me about because the world's ending. But, you know, what, there's a ton of side missions, so I guess at some point, you know, the, the well had to run dry on all the good ideas. Um, it feels a, a little bit... Um, I don't know if, if this is just like the, the Ally Hillis Bioware connection coming into my brain, but it feels a little bit like a Bioware game, like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic or Mass Effect, where you've got the main... Uh, quests that you can follow along, but then you know, as you progress, you pick up all these little side missions that you end up doing. They have, you know, their own little storylines that play out within those. Hmm. Um. And the the good thing is, even though it sounds a little bit daunting that you're on a, a time limit, because basically you can do whatever you want to from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. the next day, but as soon as 6 a.m. this you know of the day that you're on hits, um, you basically get sent back to the central hub of the game. Um, so if you're in the middle of something, um, you, you can work back to the same point that you were at, but, um, it still interrupts what you're doing. And some things can only be completed at certain times of day. Oh, wow. So, you know, sometimes you have to jump back and forth between what you're doing. I haven't really found it, too bothersome yet because there's ways to freeze time for a certain amount of time and depending on um, how good you are about finding some of the stronger monsters and getting some of the the energy that you can use to stop time, you can kind of keep a day going for a really long time. Like In one day I think I completed two of the five main missions just because I was so time oriented about what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's it's an interesting game. Even if you fail, um, I've read that there's a new game plus mode. So even if you fail and don't get all the way to the to the thirteenth day, you can start over with your you know attributes and everything else and go at it again. Like wait, so you can start over from the very start of the game with everything you've gained, or yes. just start from where you left from, off? From, well, you can obviously save, you yeah. know, and, and start from where you left off. But if you get a bad end, you yeah. uh, it still opens up a new game plus mode. Oh wow! Where you can start over more powerful than you were previously. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still on my first playthrough, so um, we'll see where it goes. Um, I I really I I personally would have gone a very different direction in expanding the Final Fantasy Thirteen sequels because they did they did something that Square has done before and that I have just railed against because they kind of pulled a Chrono Cross mm-hmm. where 
everything that happens at the end of the first game kind of sort of really doesn't matter now. Oh. Like, it's it sort of... It, it's it's almost like uh, The Matrix. Like, you can play the first game and be completely happy. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and, you know, go for the other two sequels, you might end up being a little disappointed. Because it doesn't go the way that you might have you know, projected or hoped. That uh, is very apt. But uh, so far, I, I'm enjoying the, the gameplay element. Um, the side quests can be a little arduous. I find myself skipping through some of the side quests dialogue and stuff because I just don't care at this point but um, it's 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 got a fun gameplay engine and that's really what keeps me interested in an RPG more than the story these days because I've played so many that you know it, just going through menus and stuff doesn't really cut it for me anymore mm, true um, yeah, I haven't played there, a JRPG in a long time go ahead There there was a story and this is I, I put this under no really you like money um, but they did an interview with um, the director for Lightning uh, Returns. Um, actually, I think he did a couple of interviews. Uh, no, just just the one. I'm sorry. Um, but he was talking about how popular Lightning was, even compared to other Final Fantasy characters, and how it's likely that she'll show up in other games. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 seems like a fairly obvious... Yeah, uh, true. Fa- fa- fairly obvious uh, starting point for that conversation, but um, Final Fantasy Fifteen was originally supposed to be part of the Final Fantasy Thirteen project, and I think it's still considered to be part of that universe. So she could theoretically show up in that, since she's kind of a demigod now. Um, Hmm. But I haven't played to the end of the game, so I don't really know what happens to her, where they're going with that. Um, Why is she so popular? Because I, I, having not played any of the the thirteen games, I, I five months thirteen games, I really don't. Know I don't the know character. that I am the person that's qualified uh, oh. to answer that question because I do not have, I, I do not share sort of the same mindset that I would say most JRPG fans or Final Fantasy fans do. Um, because Final Fantasy, for a time for me, um, it was almost something I just completely got out of. Because Final Fantasy X was, to me, just awful. Mm. And then Final Fantasy XI was an MMO, so I had no interest in that. Mm-hmm. And Final Fantasy IX, you know, I didn't really play because it it went in such a weirdly different direction than Seven and Eight did. That I was just a little turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I ever got back into Final Fantasy was because of Final Fantasy XII, because it took place in uh, Ivalice, which is where Final Fantasy Tactics takes place. And I always recommend Final Fantasy Tactics whenever I have the opportunity, because um, especially if you get like the PSP version, which has a better translation, such an interesting story. Um, it's hmm. it's very sort of you know Game of Thrones ish, you know, political intrigue and. Uh, church conspiracies and all this other stuff. Um, cool. It, it feels very, very broad. And Final Fantasy XII uh, did a lot of those things as well. Um, so that game kind of pulled me back in. And I wasn't really interested in Final Fantasy XIII for the longest time. And for some reason, 
I don't know if it was just my amusement at the promotions that they were doing for it at the time, because it was being promoted during NBA games on ABC, which is the biggest disconnect in the audience I can possibly think of. Wow. Um, so, you know, you're sitting here in, like, March and April watching these Final Fantasy commercials during a NBA game. I'm like, I think I might be the only person in this target demographic that likes sports and JRPGs. You know, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a lot of overlap there. Um, they were just trying to get you. I guess. And, and something about it must have worked. Um... Oh yeah, I do. I do wonder if it's not just the character, but the relative popularity and and things like that. Maybe I I still think Lightning is a more interest, and this this is just my uh, perspective on this. I think she's a far more interesting character than what I am used to out of a JRPG. Yeah. Um, because she doesn't have any romantic interest, and it almost seems kind of laughable to try and force her into that sort of interaction. Yeah. Um, because in the, in the first game, she's very focused on saving her sister, and then things take a turn for the weird in the latter two games, but she's still sort of... I, I won't say that she has a messiah complex, but she's very uh, monomaniacal. You know, She's very singularly focused on what she's trying to do. Hmm. Um, but she has her reasons, and there's a little bit of humanity that shows up uh, from time to time that you don't usually see in characters like that that are, uh, for lack of a better word, obsessed with a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I credit uh, Allie Hillis for a lot of it, but there are just parts of, of her that just seem a little bit more normal than the, the JRPG char- character, a little bit more relatable. Um, she doesn't, hmm. even though she has sort of, you know, like that special destiny that all JRPG characters have, she she handles it in a little bit more of a, a you and me kind of way, where it's like, I really don't give a shit, but, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to do this thing, okay? Hmm. So I don't know if that's if that's the same reason that other people like her. I mean, it yeah. could just be you know she's a she's a chick that's the leading character in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I mean it could be something that simple. Could be a combination of things. Like even if okay, if she's kind of like the Messiah complex character, like you could glom onto that aspect without going into like all the other aspects that you were talking about as well. So there's, I guess it could be multiple things. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't, I don't think I'm I'm a great spokesperson for that um, particular segment of the market, but that's that's just how I feel about it. Hmm. Um. Anyway, a um, couple of quick things I just want to go over. Um, Dylan, did you watch the Nintendo Direct last week? I did not. Um, they these things are always kind of crapshoots. Um. I think they announced the uh, Mario Kart 8 release date. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, hmm. I think that's in May. Let me take a look. Sorry, I'm, I'm Googling this. <laughs> uh, May 30th. Um, they announced that uh, Lil Mac is going to be in Smash Brothers as a playable character, which that'll be fun. Um, 
and they showed some trailers for some other games in Bayonetta 2, which Mike needs to put up that first uh, Let's Play that Mike and I did of uh, the first Bayonetta game. Yes. Which, which the way that started was Mike wanted to do. Mike wanted to see the story of Bayonetta, but at some point in playing through it, he realized that he didn't have the residual skill in that form of game to make it all the way through. Like there's just a part where he's like, "Okay, I can't do this." So, he, so he calls me up and says, "Hey, let's <laughs> let's do a let's play Bayonetta," because he knows you know I play Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, Ninja Gaiden's not hard. Come on. So you know, he I, I was I was up for the task on Bayonetta, so he needed a ringer, and I I obliged him. Um. Anyway, th- he he needs to go ahead and put that up, and then I need to convince him to buy a Wii U so we can do another, another let's play for Bayonetta too, because I don't think that's going to be any less weird. Convince Mike to spend money? Nah. And Mike, Mike's so frugal; he never buys anything. It's true. <laughs> Oh. Love you, Mike. Um, well, obviously, we all do. It's true. How uh, can you not? It's impossible. Um, there's another little piece of news. Uh, Adult Swim, I think, is expanding. It's uh, it, it's going going to start at eight o'clock now. Um, what? Yeah, I think it starts at the end of March. Let me pull up the story real quick. Amy, New York Times, I don't give a shit about your ads. Um, let's see. Uh, March 31st is when it's starting, according to the New York Times report. Um, wow. That's that's interesting. Um and I'll I'll link this in with another uh, story that's come out. Um, Funimation is going to premiere uh, the English dub of Attack on Titan at Anime Boston. I'm not sure what the dates are on that, but it's coming up soon. Ooh. Um, Basil on the Hamicon Facebook page was asking, uh, you know, who everyone wanted to see Micah play because Micah's a, a, a regular at, at Hamicon. And I was like, uh, so who dies in this show? Everybody? Because <laughs> you know, I think Micah might, you know, Basil said that he wanted Micah to play everybody. I'm like, you know, I think Basil could be on to something. Wow, the one-man Micah anime. I think this is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I, I could see him playing a, a few different characters because Micah does have sort of a range from, like, you know, Soul and Soul Eater, which is sort of the deeper, more serious, too. He has sort of, you know, like, the more boyish kind of thing. True. Um, so he could he could do a few different roles in that show if he wanted to. I guess it's up to however they end up casting him. Um, but I kind of wonder if they'll end up expanding Toonami even further back to 11 since they've got the extra... since they'll have the extra hour to play with because... As I as as we've said, it seems like the most obvious thing in the world that uh, there will be uh, an Attack on Titan tsunami premiere sort of thing. Yeah, I would have to assume so, but um, I I don't know. Like I always, anytime they expand or they refigure stuff on Adult Swim, every time they've done it, like I always I want to hope that it means that we'll get to see a little more anime or anime a little bit earlier. And 
I'm almost universally disappointed. Yeah, that that is kind of the problem. I mean, because... It's like, you hear, oh, they're expanding, good. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's an extra hour of, I don't know, something horrible. You know, I want to say the Eric Andre show, but I haven't really watched enough of it to judge it. Neither have I. There, there are a lot of horrible things. You know, here, here's an extra thirty minutes of Eagle Heart. You know, yeah. <laughs> and check it out. And Loiter yeah, Squad. Yeah, yeah, check, check it out. That, that's anything with Tim and Eric. Loiter Squad. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those. Here's, like, here's an extra Heart. hour of people vomiting on camera. <laughs> here's King of the Hill at eight. American <laughs> Dad at nine. Fam, uh, Family Guy at ten. And then here's an extra hour of shit. Pretty much. Well, it's... <sighs> or Bob, they might put in some more Bob's Burgers, which I wouldn't be entirely opposed to. Oh, no. Um, I am very much a fan of that idea. But, yeah, I I would love... If, if they pushed anime, like, an hour earlier, that would be so awesome. I just... It's not... I just... I, I've been... I've been hurt too often. Yeah. I can't get my hopes up. Um... Or man, I would love to see Toonami expand to other nights, but I doubt that'll happen. Um, exactly, because they, they they had like a little, they answered some questions on a little Toonami uh, promo bit uh, yeah. with uh, Tom and Sarah, and somebody asked that question. They're like, "Yeah, the the every day or like the afternoon ship has sailed or something like that." So maybe they could do something in in the middle of the of the week for Toonami, but. I'm not getting my hopes up. I think. Yeah. I, I almost know. don't want them to spread themselves too thin because it seems like if they keep, you know, if they keep doing what they usually do, which is the weeknights have your, you know, um, like Family Guy and, and American Dad, and then Thursday they have a lot of their live action stuff, and then you know, various stuff Sunday nights and yeah. then Saturday is anime then you're not spreading yourself too thin. On top of that, I think you'd have to expand the number of licenses that you acquire exactly. to do that. True, true. Um, because I'll be honest, you know, they it. I won't say that they have problems getting licenses because, you know, they, they obviously get new shows when they need to and they've gotten quite a few recently. But mm-hmm. they still kind of rely heavily on, you know, some of the standards, you know, it's like, here's Inuyasha, here's the Ghost in the Shell. Now yeah. listen, you can run Ghost in the Shell from now until the end of eternity, because that show is that fucking good. It's like, it it's like the Columbo of anime. Yeah, like, go, go fucking, you know, watch some Netflix on, Col- uh, and, and watch Columbo. That show still fucking holds up. I know it came out in the 60s and 70s, it's still good! You got fucking Columbo at and Leonard Nimoy and Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell is on Columbo twice. <laughs> Once he gets killed, the other time he's just like some other jack off on a boat. It's it's wow. and and that the boat episode has the the villain from Superman three, Robert Vaughn, who's on a billboard in Knoxville for some uh lawyer, and I have no idea why he's on that billboard. Okay, thank you. I have been looking at that freaking billboard. I've looked at it a million times. And I'm like, I know that guy. I know that. Yeah, guy. he's he's the guy. bad guy in Superman three. He's been on a bunch of episodes of Law and Order, 
and he's he was on Columbia. He's done a bunch of other stuff, and he's basically the same guy in everything he does. <laughs> but he's really good at being that one guy. He is that guy on the billboard. Yes, he really is. He is. He is somehow he is. He is evoking that exact same character on a billboard. Yes. I think so. What's weird is just just to see if I could figure this out. I um, I googled G. Turner Howard, and it comes. You know, one of Google's suggestions was G. Turner Howard Robert Vaughn. Yeah. Huh. That's man. That thank you because that billboard has been just. It's been it's been annoying me for some time. I I had to uh, I had to go Google him because I was in the car with Jen and Dylan, and like neither one of them knew who the hell I was talking about. I'm like <laughs> they they thought he was Laurie. I'm like, no, he's a fucking actor. He was in Superman three. You guys haven't watched Superman three, goddammit. <laughs> I just assumed that they must look really like I know the guy looks familiar, but I'm like. Maybe he just maybe G. Turner Howard just but, looks familiar. But I was like, no, he's on the damn commercials. No, that are on, on his TV. IMDb page, March 2012, stars a spokesperson for G. Turner Howard. Yeah, yeah. Howard, G. Howard Turner Law Firm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that that was what I was trying to get across at the time. And it was like, uh, anyway, you guys really need to fucking watch Superman three. It is one of the best bad movies ever. <laughs> Like, uh, just just sit down. If you want to laugh, sit down and watch Superman 3 and the Raul Julia Street Fighter movie. And just just is enjoy. Super, is Superman 3 the one with Richard Pryor? Yes, it is. I think that may have been, like, I was over at Devin's, and this was one, I think one time with, like, a whole bunch of people were over there. Well, not a whole bunch of people, but, like, you know. Um, and... I think we turned that on while we were doing other things, possibly turned it off, and people would just comment on what they saw. It's it so much better than actually watching it. It's the one <laughs> where uh, Robert Vaughn's character makes this synthetic kryptonite that instead of killing Superman, turns yes. him into a giant douchebag. Yes. So he, he makes the Leaning Tower of Pisa go upright. Uh, he rescues a chick who's uh, trying to commit suicide and then goes and has sex with her afterwards, which Whoa. the implications of that are really dark. Um, I, I like... Cause I remember he gets watching... drunk in a bar. I mean, it's so good. He splits into good Clark Kent and evil Superman. And we were having this debate over, like, is this in his mind or is this actually happening? If it's actually <laughs> happening, does Clark Kent have his powers or is he separated? Like, And we couldn't really figure... I just... I, I'm just... Everything I've heard, I haven't watched... I don't think I've watched a whole Superman movie, but at this point, everything I've heard about them is if you're watching a Superman movie, you're going to get something crazy. It's just, it's (laughs) going to be insane. Like that's the best you can hope for. There there was an article, I think it was on Grantland uh, about the Superman movies. And I think it was around the time that um, Man of Steel came out, but they were doing a retrospective on the old, 70s Christopher Reeve movies mm-hmm. and they go into like why Superman 2 is so weird and you know how they're trying to run the franchise into the ground because you know the the people that were under contract were tired of making the movies and wow it was it's fascinating stuff but Superman 3 is so good it's just so good <laughs> And I kind of assumed that, like, I don't know how Richard Pryor figures into all of this, but it was just like, let's bring on, let's bring in a comedian 
to to save this. It would be like if uh, someone brought in like Jim Carrey now. Like I uh, I would say in the in the pantheon of movie history, it's at the top. The last ten minutes of There Will Be Blood, and then immediately underneath that, it's drunk asshole Superman, and all of Street Fighter the movie. Wow. And as I said, eventually we're gonna get we're gonna get a, a terrible novel, a, a terrible um, ideologically driven novel starring Nicolas Cage, and Rift Tracks is just gonna shut down because they will have nothing more to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we're done. Thanks, Fire everybody. Nicholas Cage, done. That's it. Nothing more can be said. Officially Going home. The worst, officially the best worst movie ever. Oh. Got to happen. Oh, man. Whew. What the hell was I even talking about? Like, I, uh, I blacked out. Three? Yeah, but... out lightning. I don't know. Oh, my God. Then shit just oh, got... oh, we're talking about tsunami because I went from like oh. I I had to trail myself back into the into the thought train bit because I knew we were talking about Columbo. I'm like, why are we talking about Columbo? <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about Ghost in the Shell standalone. But, but the point I think the point like you were making is they they used to run like Cowboy Bebop, Inuyasha, Ghost in the Shell, whatever, and then they kind of expanded during the time, and it probably hit around the same time as the anime bubble where, you know, ADP yeah. and everyone were just licensing everything they could get their hands on. So yep. well, now I mean, they would have to acquire a lot more licenses for a, a lot of shows that are not sure bets. Yeah. And I guess it still boils down to, and I could be wrong. Maybe the math is different now, but I'm, I'm almost positive. It's not that adult swim can make more money off of off of the comedy shows and the U.S. shows than it can off of anime. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with you know what they have the broadcast rights to. You know, I think they still have the broadcast rights to IGPX, and Bandai isn't even in the American distribution game anymore. And since they made that in conjunction with Bandai, I think they're always going to show IGPX. Probably, um, yeah. So it's just a case. Of, I mean, it's, yeah, it just ends up being a, a number and a numbers and money game that. You know, why license a new Japanese show if it's not going to pull the same numbers that Family Guy does? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see them take a chance on a show like, um, I don't know, uh, Devil is a Part-Timer or something, wherever that gets dubbed. Or yeah. even even more recent shows that I thought were good. Um, Hog and I would be fun. Um, yeah. Certain Ma- Magical Index is a fun show. It's not the greatest show ever, but I mean, it'd be... A, it, Better than some of the stuff they show on Toonami now. Um, not gonna name any names because you guys already know what I'm thinking. But um, anyway, uh, Attack on Titan seems like the surest bet in all of history. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it seems like that's a sure bet for Toonami, and it seems like whenever season two comes out, if 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 not for Attack on Titan after Space Dandy, then for whom? Mm-hmm. Um. To, to do the whole simulcast thing, but uh, uh, that that's what I think will happen at least with part of that extra hour is that since Space Dandy's on at 11:30, you might see Attack on Titan at 11. That would be cool because you could you could lead in with that super early. People are going to be talking about that show. Uh, everyone's going to tune in to watch it, even people who've already seen it, like me. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that one. 
it seems like that's going to be the safest bet right now because there's a serious built-in audience. I mean, everyone has has a hard on for that show, and uh, it's not often I say this. Rightfully so. It's it's just really good, and it's got it's got depth. It's interesting. It's going to go on for more than twenty six episodes, but I don't feel like it's belaboring the point at this stage of the game. Now, I could feel differently if you know they go through some long, pointless arc uh, well, somewhere in season two, but we'll see. Even so, though, like you know, at least you'll get a couple of good seasons out of it before that happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some interesting um, aspects to the show that I'd like to see my suspicions confirmed. I hope they just, I hope they just go for it. I hope they don't do the thing that a lot that happens to a lot of uh, successful mangas, where it's like, okay, you know, we've got the manga, uh, it's successful, we're making an anime. Oh my god, it's successful! Uh, I should really stretch this story out because I don't want to run out of things to talk about and then not get all this great money. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that that happens. I am so over filler. Well, f- filler is a different problem that yeah. arises from, okay, yeah, now I'm going to take this way longer than anyone ever expected to, but I feel, I feel like there's a definite in-game for Attack on Titan without mm. trying to spoil too much, just based on things that uh, you know, I've, I've talked about privately about the show. You know, like the first time I watched, you know, like the first few episodes, I started getting these ideas about the commentary and what it's trying to make in my head, and those were later borne out to be quite possibly true. And so it's like I feel there's a definite end game here, mm-hmm. and it's going to end a little bit differently than most people expect. Is uh, the uh, is the manga ongoing? It is. Okay. Yeah, so they just they just stopped in the middle, and they did a solid service by instead of you know uh, trying to do filler, yeah. uh, they just stopped at a point in the manga that was a really inter- a really good stopping point and a really interesting stopping point, and they're just letting the manga go on and they'll catch up eventually. And it's not really the kind of show that lends itself very well to filler because everything is so yeah significant and characters die so frequently that. If you did filler... You know, You'd have to introduce a shitload of new characters. <laughs> just so they can yeah. die. You know, though... Okay, now that that brings up something that could be interesting. Is that if you're going to do filler... And 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 we've had these discussions where Bleach almost kind of did this, although I, we don't think they were trying to. But if you were going to do... Let's say you were going to do filler on Attack on Titan. The best way to do that, really, and without just totally fucking up everything with the continu with the continu- current continuity would be do filler that's like about a completely different set of people like, right do, like a like, different like a different squad like the yes, military police exactly. or something like that you know, reference reference events from other episodes maybe the filler even starts a little you know further back or you know you can adjust the timeline but do completely different characters completely different storylines or you could do one-off stories about individual characters their struggles yeah in that world yeah. or you could do prequel stuff which i think would just be an awful idea because i think so much of what makes attack on titan good right now and such an interesting watch is sort of the mystery that's built into yeah. how did the world get this way what the hell's going on here uh where did the titans come from that sort of thing 
Yeah, and the, I think the problem you run into it, there is if you start trying to make that up, at some point you're going to end up with a Full Metal Alchemist situation. Yes. And then we're going to get Attack on Titan Brother. Well, it's gonna well be no, I mean, yes and no, because... I think you can if you if you if you do your filler as completely different like with completely different characters and all that I think you avoid kind of the full metal alchemist thing if 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 you're not incorporating those main characters at all. Well, you know, yeah, if, I, I and they're telling completely different stories, doing completely different things. Almost it's almost more like a season of a spin-off. It's almost like instead it's you got the same universe but you're extending the show into almost a spin-off season. Yeah, what I what I meant is you don't want to introduce concepts that you later have to backpedal on. Well, true. Okay, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you you don't want to. You need to separate it as much as you possibly can. So it's more. It's you you run on the same principles, the same concepts, but and you're in the same universe, but then you're doing everything else completely different. Yeah, and, and I hope that they don't fall into the trap of feeling like they need to explain every single mystery. Uh, yes. Really, guys, you don't. It's it's okay to leave a few things where maybe you hint at things, but you yeah. don't necessarily have to solve every single mystery outright. You can you can leave some things for discussion because it it hasn't hurt other shows. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. Much. Well, but that is a very careful balancing act because I have there. I have far more stories about animes that completely left me going what the fuck I now hate this show than I have of ones that explain too much and also like John you were talking about one of the eye catches that suggested something yes in the last episode of season one there's a tremendously good eye catch if you guys have watched the series on on Hulu or Funimation's website and you didn't read the eye catch Go back and pause that shit and read the whole thing because there's like three screens full of text, but wow. it's really worth reading because it, um, it it really affirms a lot of my suspicions about how that world works. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, Dylan, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, the the point I was getting at was that was one of those the, the way you explained it, and and of course I may not be doing justice to it because I both haven't seen it and didn't read the eye catch but it seems like one of those mysteries that could actually be interesting or it could just be another mystery for the sake of still having mysteries because we've revealed too much. Um, which is, I, I think what's interesting is um, I, re- I recently watched Hibane Rinmei. Yes. Because um, I just, like, I went through a while back and just tried to find what dubbed shows I could watch through streaming Yes, um, I, do, like I do that as well. Buying stuff on Right Stuff sales. And what I really liked about it was it, it went for 13 episodes. And you can definitely tell that there's a lot of... They have this idea of what the universe is. And they have very clear, well-understood mechanics to the universe that the characters themselves also understand. Like, you know... you you as the viewer don't but you're just you just kind of have to take it that this is the way the world works and you don't have to understand it because that's really not what we're the reason what we're trying to tell hmm. it's really not the story we're trying to tell um and they do i i thought it did a really good job of just cutting off introducing mysteries as plot devices rather than 
like you know tonight on a special episode of <laughs> attack on titan yeah I, and that's kind of how I, how i feel that the eye catch was is that it continues to get you thinking about a certain question and there, there's yeah. a question that sort of i don't remember if it's explicitly asked but it's at least at at the very most you know it's something that you will think about when when you hear about how everything works there there's just a natural question that has to get asked and they build on that very slowly yeah hmm. um and 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 then by the end of the first season you kind of realize oh this is what all this was getting at but you still don't know everything you know there's still a lot that to to be uh told Hmm. Anyway, um, really quickly, because um, we've we've gone for a while, um, Dylan, you sent an email to us. Uh, soon we'll be able to flip the pig. Is that correct? Yes. Apparently, uh, Cryptozoic has announced uh, a Card Wars game, and I don't really know anything about it other than it's the Adventure Time Card Wars game, and you can buy, like, Finn, Jake... Uh, Bemo and Bemo Lady Raggedy. Yeah. So I don't know. This is either going to be... And I said, I like, right before we got on, I, I had actually replied by that. I was like, this is either going to be amazing or a walking tragedy. Well, Cryptozoic does a lot of licensed games. Yeah. Like, I played... I bought their um, Penny Arcade Gamers vs. Evil, which which is my the extent of my experience with them. Mm. It was okay, but it definitely felt like one of those it's Dominion, except fill-in-the-blank sort of games. So. Oh. And Adventure, like... Adventure Time has really... Tr- I, I can't even say it's mainstream. Like It's gone a little bit beyond that now, because when you see Adventure Time characters in a fucking car commercial... That was yes. weird. It's like, was... what's what's going on here? Because this is... This is a bit different. I'm I'm glad though because it's such a. I think we may have said on the podcast when it was first coming on. I think I might have said it, it was like the best U.S. show, or maybe the 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 best show in animation like the last ten years at least. It is yeah. so excellent. But I I just the game like I have won. I have I have said publicly that I would love to have Card Wars. My my one. Rule though was I really think you need the holographic boards. Uh, There's gonna be like a mobile cards. app component, I think. So I don't know. Yeah, I I think this isn't that iOS game, so that rules me out. Um, me too. And the other thing that I think this hinges on, and I and it, it the description I read really I didn't think it got into it is like to what extent have you involved. You know, did they did Cryptozoic just purchase the license, or are they actually working with Pendleton Ward and the writers? Yeah, I think that's the the difficult, and it does remind me of something I read pretty recently, and I I, I sent a link to this, but I'll kind of go into it. It's like the idea of the Card Wars game is this is magic, or pick pick any other CCG you want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it hints at that without you know actually going in and spelling out what the mechanics are just like just know that there's a card wars game don't worry yourself about how it works and 
so yeah, what I'm thinking is you could end up getting something that doesn't have a lot of replay value, isn't really great, but it it makes all the right references. So yeah, yeah. and it goes back to the same reason. I, I you know I, I, it it calls to mind um, what uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb used to think of uh, what they used to think of licensed games on on yeah. Xplay. Exactly. They they are almost inevitably horrible because you are you are just you are just banking on the license that everyone that's a fan of this is going to come buy this, so you can just shit out whatever. Yeah, there 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 has to be a perfect storm of um the the original creator of the license has to care about the quality of the product and the people making the product have to care about the license. Yeah. And I have a go ahead. Oh, considering this is a fake CCG, it would be really good if it was like the living card game format where you can mix and match things, which reminds me of a game I have seen at Sci-Fi City called um, Romance of the Nine Kingdoms. Yeah. Um, or Romance of the Nine Empires, sorry, uh, which AEG put out. And I looked this up. Um, there's a third gamers movie that was recently uh, funded on Kickstarter. Um, so you guys remember the gamers? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yes. Uh, so this, this game is going to center around... I went to steal his pants. Yes, this game is... or This movie is apparently going to center around a game that works a lot like AEG's uh, Legend of the Five Rings card game. Hmm. So, for the movie, AEG came up with a fake game, and apparently they went back and basically did an update of another game that they have called, like, Legend of the Burning Sands or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, rethemed it, and then released that as a game. So, huh. you can go buy the Legend of the, or Romance of the Nine Empires 15th Anniversary Edition which is this, you know, update of the popular game that only exists in a movie. Wow. Really, really quickly while we're talking about AEG and card games, can we talk about how awesome My Star is? Yes. Um, Dylan bought this card game. Um, it, it's called My Star, M-A-I Star, uh, where basically um, you play as geishas and the object is to make the most money um and basically how it works is uh you know how uh in lords of Waterdeep you have the different lords and you just uh you know you shuffle up the the deck with all the lords in it and you draw one at random mm-hmm. it's the same sort of mechanic for the for the um for the geishas you just shuffle them up you deal them out and they all have different abilities and attributes hmm. um and the attributes determine uh what cards you're able to play and you can play certain cards out of your hand as advertisers um that will increase your stats in a certain attribute and the ultimate objective is to discard all the cards in your hand before anyone else does um, because if somebody else goes out, you get penalized uh, two gold for every card in your hand, uh, up to having zero gold. Um, but it's such a fun and interesting game. We played it yesterday, uh, me and Jen and Chad and Dylan. Um, 
and we played a couple of games just straight uh, straight up, and then we tried it where after every round you uh, redeal the geishas, which makes it really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, because the the hands can go on so long that you know, like by the second hand, you're like, man, I'm tired of this. Uh, the variable player power that I get, but um, it is another game by the guy who did uh, Love Letter, Saiji Kanai. He is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, <laughs> can, I, we, can I we just say he is his, so good? Games. There was a there was an article recently that said like he's still like lives with was it lives with his parents or does odd jobs or something. So this is like he's produced three games that AG has, has published over here. But what what was the other one? Because I I remember Love Letter, which I very uh, much cheaty mages. He's probably oh yeah, cheaty mages produced more than this. I just don't know about them. Um, Th- those are all three good games. I mean, just just fucking yeah. go out and buy cheaty mages in My Star and Love Letter. Really and if you have three games. other people to play with, yeah, you're good. Like. Um, but I'm I almost I feel like I have an excuse to go like I'm gonna put together an otaku tabletop games panel that's about like. Seiji Kanai's games. Why not? You can run that shit at MTAC. Uh, Boss Monster. Well, yeah, it's a little late for MTAC, but Station Con is coming up. And or Hamacon. Yes. Well, I've already submitted all the things to Hamacon. All of just, the things. I may just tweak. All programming my... this year brought to you by Dylan Wolf. No, no, no. All the things as in, like, everything I could do a panel on right now. Um, Hamacon, presented gonna... by Chainsaw Buffet. I, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to submit two variations of the same panel because that just seems. But, but I finally have my excuse to go like, here's something I can do at um, at uh, anime focused con. Do, do you think that by 2016, that between the various members of Chainsaw Buffet, we can run ten panels? I want to say we can. I wow. think so. How <laughs> how many people are we counting here? Like. I see. Okay, so you, Chad, the, me, the three of you, the three of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would love. I would love to see Chad run some panels. I'd love to see Chad at a convention. <laughs> yes. He says but he's can, going to try you can, to you can dream in one hand and crap and in the other. other. Yes. Um. I think I, I think my hand will be full of shit long before that that wish gets fulfilled. But, um, because. I, I'm already running two at Hamicon this year, assuming they get picked up. Yeah, I was gonna that, say that yeah. hasn't that hasn't happened yet, but I've I've at least submitted two. Hopefully, they'll get picked up. Uh, early, early indications from people I know at Hamicon, uh, they seem excited by the concept. So I could pick up even the third idea within the next two years. Mm. Uh, Dylan, you've got how many? You've got, you've got at least three going. I know. I I submitted three. Uh, which were I submitted a unity panel which I don't know how that will work right it's game development it's right um and then board gaming and then uh inkscape okay and then we could do maybe a podcasting a nonfiction for geeks that's eight that's that's at all the cons we go to right I think I think we can pick up two more. I don't know what they are yet, I, but I think we can pick up two more. I I, I think what I I, I, I think to... I think I might have at least one more in me, <laughs> maybe two. 
I think probably what I can do is go back through like a lot of the uh, recommendations and stuff that we're uh, we're coming up with, and uh, coming up like finding some sort of common theme. It would probably be it had probably have to be like a Momocon or a GMX type of thing. But like, mm. like in 2015, I I can say I will at least be trying to submit three panels. Yeah, because and... because in 2015 I promised myself. I'm going to submit some Evangelion panels for the 20th anniversary. Like I'm, I'm going to do it. They may be awful, but I'm going to at least attempt to do some Evangelion panels that well, year. Well, and that's kind of the trick. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, panels. Like my problem for the longest time was, man, I can't submit anything because either it's going to be something someone else can do better, or you know, I just don't know enough and I'm going to look like an idiot. And then I kind of realized at some point, like. If I can talk for an hour on it, and am willing to attempt it, you're fine. You're yeah, you're probably fine. Like even if you don't know what you're talking about, there will be someone in the audience who does. <laughs> there will and be that guy. Willing, as long as you're willing to listen, you're fine. Like you, you almost can't screw it up. Yeah. No one's, no one's judging you on how you're giving the panel. It's it's what information and you know what you bring to it yep anyway so everyone should submit panels go yes submit all the panels just make sure they're not awful or i will come to your house and i will cut you <laughs> or i'll come to your panel and i'll ask you how do i become whatever it is that you're running a panel about <laughs> anyway uh, does, does anyone else have anything? I, I think we've. I, I did want to want to ask a question. Charlie said he had watched a couple movies. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Charlie, what? Go ahead and tell everybody the movies you watched. Uh, the, over the last couple weeks, I have seen both Frozen and the Lego Movie, and oh. I'm proud to say that in both showings, uh, I, my my girlfriend and I were the only were the only people there without children. Congratulations. And, uh, and I, I, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of never having grown up. Which seems kind of weird, because Frozen, like, I keep seeing references to it, and by, specifically to let it go. By grown-ass adults. And so, Charlie, I just I just have to ask, what the hell? I don't Explain. know. Explain. I, 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 I can't do it. I don't know what the... I mean, it's... We're talking about Frozen, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good Disney princessy type of movie. I, I, the only, I, I mean, it, there's a few, it, it, it throws a few wrenches in. I know um, it subverts some tropes, but I'm, I'm yeah. wondering from someone who's actually seen it, like, is, like, subverting a couple of tropes that really need to be subverted is not enough to carry a movie to this level of reference. I don't know what else it is, really, honestly. It's the the subversion of the tropes, which is very nice. It's I I, I did enjoy that. There's a couple of twists. Um, I, I mean, I guess the two things I kept thinking about when that movie was being promoted was mm -hmm. one, uh, oh, so this is why they uh, finally decided to release the Snow Queen here in the U.S. Um, and two was they keep telling me it's from the people that made Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, that's not Wreck-It Ralph, so I'm uh, not as inclined to care. Not every yeah. Disney movie can be about eight-bit characters. 
They should be, but they should. guess they can't. When are we going to get that Mario Kart movie? But, um... I, that, I, I think that's as close as we're getting is Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't, like you say, it subverts a few tropes. There's a couple twists to it. They, um, it doesn't ever seem to take itself too seriously. And maybe that's, that's part of the appeal too, is it's not, doesn't really ever feel like heavy handed, I guess. Um, and like, it's like, it's not like, like the tropes that it subverts, it doesn't necessarily do so. Like, it's not pointing at itself going, look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm important. I'm subverting these girl power, whatever. Um, so I think, I think that's part of the appeal is that it's not, it's not taking itself too seriously. Um, I don't know what else, honestly, it's the, and then the people they got, in particular, um, the the woman that they have voicing Elsa, who becomes the the Snow Queen, um, I can't remember her name. It's a really odd name, but she's the woman that originally played the Wicked Witch in the Broadway version of Wicked, in the in the original Broadway Broadway showing of Wicked. That explains a lot. I was gonna say, yeah. how did you find this out? Daryl told you, right? Well, yes, but no I've man actually, knows. I've never seen Wicked, but I've got several friends who really love the soundtrack, and they will play it in their cars. So I, I have been forced to listen to the Wicked soundtrack, <laughs> and it's not totally horrible. But that woman—I wish I remember her name. I'm, I'm at a computer; I could look it up, but fuck it. Um, what is this Google you speak of? I don't know. It's the kids. Um, moving pictures. Um, but she's got like a a really powerful singing voice. I mean, she her voice is absolutely incredible. Like they could not, I think, have picked a better person for that role. Um. So I don't know. I think it's a lot of little things. But yeah, I was. I've seen so. It seems to have been so popular. I've seen so many references. Um. The 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 people that I know that have children that are the right age to to see that are really into the merchandise i i don't know why it has seemed to have clicked but i I think it's just a combination of those things and maybe something that i'm missing um dylan let me ask did you have any uh plans to see the the lego movie no i Uh, i don't but i would kind of like to okay well i i I'm not gonna ask that. I, I was gonna say if uh, nobody had any plans, you know, the promotions always say don't spoil the end. They they say yeah. don't spoil the ending to the Lego Movie. I, I'm just curious to ask them because I have no intention of watching it. So yeah. okay, so you've not seen it. All right. No. It's I will. I'll let you guys figure out whether or not we're gonna talk about the the ending. But it is a good movie. It is. It was. I. It was a very funny movie. Like I don't know how. I guess just because Lego already has so many licenses, I don't know if that's how they they worm their way into making a Lego movie that combines so many licenses. Because you have appearances by DC superheroes, because um, at least Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, uh, Gandalf, Lopan, Superman, every single Power Ranger. Exactly. It. It kind of is at one point, kind of Bill like Bill S. That. Preston, Theodore Logan, Spock, The Rock, Doc Ock, and Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just I think I somebody stop me. It is, 
if it is like this generation's version of Roger Rabbit or yes, no, that is like you, you're like you have it, really I think hit the nail on the head. That 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 is exactly what it felt like. Now now that you said it, I, I never would have occurred to me. Now that you said it, so I think we've is, had this discussion before, both with this and the uh, cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Yes, but yeah, you and you get. Gandalf, Dumbledore, um, I think one of the Ninja Turtles is in it somewhere. I think it was Michelangelo. Yes, it was Michelangelo. Yeah, uh, I saw him in the in the commercials, and that was like first time. Like, yeah, maybe I should maybe I should watch this. I don't know. And and then there's a lot of little things. There there are a lot of little jokes that I mean I here there are things that I don't know that they were jokes, like intentional jokes. I think they were, but because they don't. There's no like wink to the audience. Again, they're not they're not pointing at the joke. I don't know if for a fact that they were, but they're little things just like, you know, the character that that Morgan Freeman voices. You know, it's the he's he's wearing white robes and he has a long white beard and white hair and he his eyes glow and he's a quote unquote master builder. So it's not quite God, but it's almost a, a a god reminiscent character voiced by Morgan Freeman. Right. Like to me that in and of itself was a joke, but I cannot say with 100% certainty that it really was. I'm sure I'm sure that was the joke. It, yeah, and there's and there's a there's a reference that Batman makes to one of the characters saying he's the hero you deserve. That's funny. Ta- talking about the main character like okay, I think I got that, but nobody else is laughing. Was that a joke? <laughs> I just don't think anyone else got it. Yeah. So, I, and I think there's probably more. There's probably some other little things in there that even I miss, like little references. I, it was it was so enjoyable. So we're gonna are we gonna talk about the ending, Dylan? Or are we gonna are we gonna let you watch it? Um, I have no plans to watch it. So. All right, let's go. Okay, go for it, John. Uh, t- tell tell me the ending, Charlie. Uh, and and this is okay. There there is one or two little hiccups in this that make you wonder, okay, what's really going on? But essentially, the entire movie is happening inside a child's imagination, as he sort of, kind of, battles his dad for control of Legos. So it's Smash Brothers, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, because essentially you have um. Because early, fairly early on in the movie, they make reference to the man upstairs, and whether it's a reference to Will Ferrell or the kid, I'm not 100 percent certain. But but essentially, how how it how it's laid out is, Will Ferrell is this guy who, in his basement, has constructed this this Lego city, and everything runs by you know he he's very exact. You get the impression, and it never says this, but I almost get the impression that Will Ferrell's character. It's a guy who has very, maybe not as much control in his real life as he would like, so he controls this sort of Lego world. And there are signs up that say, you know, do not touch, stay away. And his kid has gone down there and started playing with the Legos and recombining them. And this becomes this epic struggle between the bad guy in the Lego world, whose name is Lord Business, who is voiced by Will Ferrell and this construction worker Emmett and these master builders. The master builders 
who can have this sort of innate talent of seeing Legos and being able to put them together in weird ways to make these ingenious things. And then President President or Lord Business is wants everything to run a very particular way by a very particular set of rules and is willing to almost destroy everything or at least freeze everything in place to get what he wants. And there's only... There is one little place where I'm like, okay, is is what's happening in most of this movie, is it really going on or not? Because they basically sort of... It seems like, no, this is just like... The kid has made up this story in his mind. Like, this is how the kid is coping with him messing with his dad's Legos. Is that he's sort of built up this idea that his dad is this overlord who's trying to keep everything static. And he wants to be able to have fun and change things. But there is this moment where um, Emmett, the construction worker hero, falls through this vortex that takes him into the the quote-unquote real world. And there's a point where he's trying to get the the kid's attention, and he's on this table. And he starts mo- – the, the Lego, just a little bit, the minifigure moves by itself. <clears throat> and, like, the kid's not near – and Will, Will Ferrell's sitting next to the table, and he looks over – because he hears the the figure move and then looks back so he never actually sees it move but so there there there's that that as i recall that's like the only moment that i'm like okay now i really don't know what's happening is is this stuff like really going on in in this this sort of alternate lego universe or is it all inside the kids imagination i guess that's probably the fun yeah yeah that it kind of yeah, it starts telling you one story, and this is no, no. This is really just a, this is really just an analog for this other story. But then they throw this in this one little thing that's like, no, well, or maybe we, it's not. Well, it can work on a few different levels. You know, I, I'm honestly kind of glad that you that you spoiled the ending because I'm now more interested in the movie than I would have been otherwise. Because it sounds yeah. like there's a little bit more depth to what I would expect from. Hey, come watch this uh, generic CGI kids movie. We crank these things out every nine months. We we just keep going. Hey, Lego! It's Lego Star Wars, Lego Superman, yeah. Lego Batman, Lego Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Lego Lord of the Rings, video games, movies. We're just gonna keep on throwing this shit at you until something sticks. Yeah, and it. I mean, and for the most part, like it is a sort of light fun movie. But then, like toward the end, you get this this sort of family it's not really a drama but this sort of conflict between a father and son and you know how do they how do they resolve resolve it well cool i may have to check that out then um yeah i almost think it's i mean it, i i would still recommend it even if it didn't do that just because otherwise i think it was pretty funny um but i i recommend it all the more because of of what you get toward the end or what you when you find out what's really going on, right? Well, I guess since we spoiled the hell out of that movie, nobody else is gonna listen to anything else we have to say. So um, true. But but I'll go ahead and ask anybody else have anything else they want to throw out real quick. I think I have talked about everything I could possibly talk about <laughs> this week. All right. Yeah. Same here. Well, guys, uh, appreciate you joining us, and uh, check us out next week.